So what's up, guys? It's been a minute since y'all last heard from us. One month, two month, three month, four. Nah, not four months. I'm capping. Nah, 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 not that long. <laughs> not that long. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We couldn't do y'all like that. We know you guys rely on us for yeah. that fire. And bro, I know y'all heard the rumors. You know, it's a basketball podcast, and basketball is almost back. We're about the month out from the NBA resuming the season. Twenty-two teams, eight games. Y'all already know about that, but uh, we're excited about it. For us, how you feeling? Man, I am. I am too excited. There's some games fresh out the gate. They're hitting us with these games we've been waiting to see all year. You know what I mean? So I don't want to get into it too much right now. You know what I'm saying? I gotta listen to the rest of the pod to hear that. So. Let's get to it, man. Run that intro. I got what you like. I know what you like. I got what you love. I am your plug. Really on the plug. Really on the plug. Really on the plug. And we are back. Back again. It's another episode of the Hoop Plug. Yes, sir. And with you rocking, as always, it's your boy, Sarif. And with me, I got my boy T. Schmurda. You already know how you doing today, bro? Chilling, man. I'm feeling good. Glad to be behind wax once again. Oof. How about yourself? Man, uh, same sentiments exactly. The Hoop Plug episode, this one specifically has been long overdue. We got a lot coming to you, you know what I'm saying? And after months off from work, months off from the club, months off from sports, months off from the Hoop Plug, it's all coming back now, baby. July 30th is scheduled to be the first NBA game since the hiatus, and boy, I am hyped. Man, hype does not begin to explain it, man, and right out the gate, they're blessing us with these fire games. The first night, you got the Clippers versus the Lakers, bro. That, that's a, a matchup we've been waiting for all season, you know? We got it in the beginning, and now it's good to get the follow-up, you know what I mean? Intentions are going to be high. I know, NBA not wasting no time. They're giving to us straight off the jump. They're opening up the 30th with two games. I believe, I don't even know what the other one is, but that's the big one. That's the big guy, probably going to be on ESPN or TNT. But, bro, after that, it's just going to be games out the wazoo. We're talking about <laughs> eight games for 22 teams. One through seven seeds are a lock after those eight games. Yes, sir. And then the eight and nine seeds have playing tournaments. That's going to be new playing tournaments for the eight and nine seeds. But this playing tournament is going to be a little bit different. That eight seed still getting an advantage. They only have to win one game, and then they're through to the playoffs, while the nine seed will have to win two in a row to make it into the playoffs. Oof, that's saying bro, a lot. Bro, this is going to be crazy, man. Bro, and we've been excited to see this, man. And you know what? Although I would wish the season would not have ended in the way that it did, I mean, they made it better for us 100% because now we got all these games, some games that we've been waiting to see, all the competitive teams, and, like, they're really fighting for something. Like, it's not like, you know, a long 82 regular season you know that regular game excuse me regular season games you know what i mean this is 22 teams eight games action-packed best of the best you know and man i'm excited to see it i'm excited to see it besides that lakers clippers matchup though i'm really really excited to see that lakers rockets matchup man 8-6 august mm. 6th on thursday man that's that's another matchup i'm waiting to see bro i don't, I don't know if you have any other ones pinpointed I hope that on the one's schedule late. oh yeah man, 9 p.m i'm just excited to see Oh, it's nine? Okay, yeah, bet, yeah, yeah. bet, bet. Yeah, I'll be tuned in. After nothing to watch, <laughs> Bro. to have six games a day is going to be wild. It's going to be straight Summer League style with games from 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. There's so many games, bro, but 
I will say this, we deserve it. We deserve it after a long <laughs> wait, you know what I mean? Action-packed yeah, nonstop. Bro. And these games are going to be replaying, so sure, we might miss them, but, like, you know, that night after 9 p.m., so I guess around 11, you could catch up a couple reruns, you know? There's just going to be so much TV to watch, so many sports. Well, not even so many sports. A lot of other sports are making their comeback, but they the are. NBA is setting the precedent right now, you know what I mean? And it's hype. They are. They're going to be one of the first outside of MLS in America to come back, major sports, that is. And, um... Bro, I can't wait. It's going to be overload. Baseball games every day, oh, yeah. basketball games every day, and football's right behind them. By the time we're in playoffs, man, football's going to be already in it. So we're going to get into the schedules, man. The schedules just recently dropped for the NBA. You just talked about it a little bit, but we're going to talk about the biggest winners and the biggest losers. So we're going to start off, bro. But who has it rough? Oof. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was paying attention to the Rockets' schedule and let me just read who they're playing. So Houston versus Dallas. Dallas is a good team, right? And I'm only Dallas saying, is nice, man. You know what I'm saying? Dallas is a good team. When's their next game? Their next game is against Milwaukee. That's a big game right there. Portland after that. Portland. After that, Houston plays the Lakers. After that, the Kings. It's not so bad to get a night off. Uh, yeah. Point it. Then and they then play Spurs, the Spurs. Pacers, Sixers. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like they got it pretty tough, man. I mean, Bro, I don't I'm know. right there with you. Those first four. Those first four, Mavs, Bucks, Trailblazers, Lakers, that's to start <laughs> off yeah. once off. Yeah, bro, off That's top. how you're coming? Like, say they go 0-4, come out 0-3, 1-3, like, they're probably done. Bro, you know Drop what I mean? Drop all the way to the eighth seed. I mean, they'll probably, probably squeeze. They'll, but. No, but either way, I see what you're saying. They'll probably squeeze in nonetheless, but you're right, though. And, I mean, it's back-to-back-to-back against some of these top-level teams. And I don't want to, you know, put the Lakers out of there because they got a tough schedule. They're playing, they're playing the Clippers, the Raptors. Then they're, well, they're playing the Jazz, which is a pretty good team. They're playing OKC, which is, you know, Chris Paul, a different team. They you can know, sneak up on you. For sure. Then they're playing Houston, uh, Indiana, Denver. I mean, they got a pretty tough schedule themselves, man. Sacramento, they ended off with Sacramento. But, I mean, now we got to look the That's other true. way because Sacramento now, <laughs> they've, been on, they've been on the other end of some of these really good teams. So, I mean, I don't really know, man. It's really tough to say. I think it's a very balanced schedule. You know, I think this is, makes it very fair for all the teams you know yeah bro and the thing the only reason i didn't put the lakers up there for the toughest schedule is because they got that five game cushion you know what i mean most so they could still throw away these games rest brown even though with eight games i don't know how much brown's gonna want to rest <laughs> facts but they got some leeway they got some room to play for sure man and um i don't know i think i think given that you have these high caliber teams playing I think it's going to lead for some great basketball, especially around this time. Everyone's trying to prove a point. Everyone's trying to get their legs warm. But I think it's going to be interesting. All of these extra games right before the playoffs, I think it's going to make a difference. Like, if people were not working out, it's going to come out. It's going to show really who was working out all offseason and who was loafing. You know what I mean? That's true. And we talked about some of the toughest schedules and how all these games are going to be competitive. But there's 22 teams, which means... The teams that aren't in the playoffs are still going to be in the lottery. So I do think we might see some tanking, especially if things don't go these teams' way early in the season. I could see the Kings giving it up, throwing in the towel, and trying to get a good pick. So that's still going to be in play. Tanking is not done <laughs> in this NBA format. Funny that you mentioned that because eight games or not, people are going to tank if it's in their better interest. You know, <laughs> I think it's funny that you say that. So we talked about the toughest schedules. wouldn't be right if we didn't talk about the easiest. <laughs> And the easiest schedule in the NBA after these eight games belongs to the New Orleans Pelicans. 
Damn. Pelicans with the easiest schedule based on opponent win percentage. Thank you, Kamish Silver. I, I oh, mean, I get it. You can't make that up, I want to see Zion in the playoffs too, bro. Like, I get it. Thank you. For sure. And Thank I mean, you. does this help him <laughs> put him in the in the talk for Rookie of the Year? Because, again, I screamed from the rafters that Zion would be Rookie of the Year, Rookie of the Year. But you know what? You can't predict injuries. You know what I'm saying? You can't predict he would have been out for that long. You can't predict how good John Morant was going to be. You know, I mean, we knew he was going to be good, but not as good as he was. But in the same token... If Zion, you know, balls out the way we know he does in these eight games and they make it to the playoffs, say, upset someone in the first round, you know, I think rookie of the year is still his. And, I mean, it's good for the league. And plus, on top of that, the Pelicans are owned by the league, you know. So (laughs) it's just too much in conspiracy theory right now in everything going on in the world for me to even delve into this one. But, bro, I would not be surprised. The Pelicans or, you know, formerly the Hornets, they were not they were not. It was common for them to make these kind of moves to enhance their chances. You know what I'm saying? That's interesting. I forgot that angle, bro. That the Pelicans won, got the number one pick when they had, like, the sixth or seventh worst record. Interesting. And then, two, they get come out of this. They come out of this with the easiest schedule. Boom. And I'm not mad. Again, like, please get Zion into the playoffs. If you got to pick, push his big butt into the playoffs through the back door, please do it. <laughs> yes, because we got to see. It's, it's a sight to see. <laughs> That's true, man. So when we look at this schedule, right, we got 22 teams. My question to you <clears throat> How many of these teams actually have a real shot of winning it all? Oof. Well, off the top, you know what I'm saying? There's a few that come to mind. So I think the Lakers, the Bucks, the Raptors, and the Rockets are the first four teams that come to mind. I don't know if you... Not Clippers? Oh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I would actually put the Clippers over the Rockets. There's just so many teams right now that have a chance. Those were just the ones that came to the top of my head. Either way, those five teams, who do I think have the best chances of winning? I think it's either the Lakers, the Clippers, or the Bucks. And not in that order. Sure. Not in that order, but I mean, I think those are really the three top teams that are contending for an NBA ring right now. The other guys, they can make a splash. They could definitely hurt these other teams. But like, for example, the Rockets and the Raptors, I don't really think that they can compete with the likes of the Lakers, the Bucks, the the Clippers. You know, it's just that superstar power just does not match up. You know. Yeah, and I. I- I see where you're going with the Rockets. I could put them in if they only had to play either the Lakers or the Clippers. Yeah. But if they have to run through both of them, they have no shot. There's no way. Um, and their their record doesn't really help them in that regard. So really the odds are they might yeah. have to. If they do beat whoever they play in the first round, they're going to have to face the other one at that point. And you know what? I got to backtrack about saying star power. The Rockets definitely match up star power-wise. But in their case, oh, yeah. the rest of the team doesn't match up with what the Lakers got and what the Clippers got. You know? Um, and don't forget what the Rockets did at the end of last season, man. They got rid of Clint Capella and went smaller than small. That's they facts. went midget ball. <laughs> <laughs> and it it was kind of working, kind of not. And I don't think it's going to work against the Lakers. I don't think it's going to work against the Clippers. And it definitely won't work against the Bucks. Yeah, man, Lakers are going to be my favorites coming out of this. I think LeBron is focused. He's definitely gotten quiet. The only time you hear him speaking out is with the social justice thing, as it should, man. There's been a lot of craziness going on, and um, we really need to shed light on this. So, I just think. Sorry to switch. No, 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 no. It needs needs to be spoken about. Let's get into it. So, man, it feels like feels like the whole world, not the whole world, because there's still a lot of people that aren't on the same page. But feels like the consensus has finally shifted 
I mean, we've seen black men and women slain by the police numerous times in our histories. Part of this country's history, structural racism etched into the bones of America, man. Like, yeah. But this time has felt so different. The outpour of support has been honestly like just tremendous. I, I can't think of a, a word to describe it. And it seems like we're getting a lot of real change out of it, which what, is great. What I will say is this, man. Um, you know, at least let me speak for myself being a minority in America. Like when Trump got elected president, I don't want to say that I was scared, but in a sense, I was scared, man. A lot of the freedoms, a lot of the rights that we have as American citizens, I was worried that his negativity, his divisiveness, his hate was going to, you know, impede on our freedoms and, you know, what it is to be American. But in the same token, the Phoenix does rise out of the ashes. And I think that we needed someone so openly hateful so openly divisive someone who is quick to point the finger so that we can all band together and say that this is what we refuse to have any longer we don't want anyone like this we don't want this thought process we don't want this treatment because again i'm not going to sit here and say my experience has been the worst but i've definitely experienced situations where there was racism hate just assumptions based off how i looked you know and i think it's about time man the police are putting they have such a a place of power and not all cops are bad we gotta obviously we know that but the ones who are bad man they they ruin it for everyone else they it's such an abuse of power it's to the point where literally they can kill someone and get away with it man and that's not what america's about and i'm glad that we're finally standing up for what it really means to be american and for everyone not just white americans but the black the brown the asian the hispanic all those americans you know and i'm glad I want to touch on two things you said right there. Well said, by the way, Faraz. Like, very well said. Thank you, man. A lot of people jump to the defense of kind of what you were getting at with, oh, I can't say my experience was the worst. Yeah. No, it wasn't. And we recognize that America is a great country. Like, I, I recognize that. But that doesn't mean there aren't tremendously big problems. Exactly. Like, the foundation of this country is supposed to be freedom for all. Exactly. Equality. And if that isn't the case, like if it's not equal, then that's a big problem. Like you're not going along with the creed of what this country was founded on. And then another thing you were saying, I think one big thing with Trump being elected was he made a lot of the people like I, I want to say bigots. <laughs> that yeah. sounds bad. No, no. But yeah, but he, he made a lot of these people comfortable to like call out and uh, i mean express their racism so yeah. i think that's one good thing is it's it's allowed a lot of people to get exposed for how they truly feel it's exactly. not as closeted so now we can address the problem when it comes from behind the walls like behind the covers you know what i mean now it's in your face now you can see the noose in bubba wallace's garage now you can see people yeah. telling lebron to shut up and dribble like i don't know it, I think a big part of addressing the problem is seeing it for what it is. And, and you couldn't, again, you couldn't have said any better, man. And it, the longer that we act like it's not an issue, the longer that it will continue and remain to be a problem, man. And like you said, I'm glad that people are becoming, are starting to get exposed for what they really were, are, you know? Um, if it, when it gets to a point that you are so openly hateful, that you're going to go out of your way to comment on someone or to say something to someone you don't even know, to the extent where it's it, it just disgusting, you know? And the fact that those people now, 
don't even realize how horrible they look when they come out and say these things until it's too late, until they lose their job, until, you know, because it's really getting to that point. And I'm glad because realistically, people have been able to hide behind these social media, this social media wall. You know what I'm saying? You can say whatever you want, but you know what? All actions have consequences. And you know what? They everyone gets what they deserve. If that's the way that you feel, then and that's the way that you know what? That's what you deserve. Straight up. Facts. Facts. Word. Yeah, man. And I'm glad that you brought this up because again, this topic, the important thing about it is it needs to be con- it needs to continue to be talked about. Awareness is the most important thing Absolutely. because now it's gone to a point where people can't say they don't know anymore. People's biggest excuse is you know ignorance in the sense that. I don't know, so I, you can't hold me accountable. Now you know it's in your face, and <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So there's no, yeah. there's no around, getting around it anymore. Like you know that people are being oppressed in this country, and if you don't, if you sit back and do nothing, it's just as bad as openly opposing it. Straight up, it's just been wearing yeah, on my conscience lately. Man. Yeah, I expect the next question, the next thing we wanted to talk about is like, what do you expect this basketball to look like? And that, that this social justice, this fight for equality uh, and to tear down the patriarchy of social uh, systemic racism, that I think that's going to be at the forefront of the NBA. I would be surprised if I don't see Black Lives Matter on the court. I'd be surprised if I don't yeah. see BLM patches on jerseys. I'd be surprised if I didn't see our biggest stars, the league's biggest stars and all their representatives talking about it in ways we can do better. In and before and after games, man. Like, the NBA has always been good about this, and I'm holding their standards up, bro. They better come correct. For sure. But I expect them to do great things in terms of spreading the spreading the message. I think you 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 hit it on the head, and the NBA has no choice because you know what? For the longest while, they've been one of the majority African American leagues in America. Don't get me wrong. There's always been some of the best athletes in the world, even in the Jim Crow days and those kind of things. The best athletes in the world were African-American without a doubt, you know. But I just mean largely majority teams have been in like African-American teams have been in the NBA for longer than any other league, you know. And they really have no choice but to be setting the precedent because, again, if you want someone regardless of their race to play basketball and you're making money off of them, you have to do your part to make sure that they're being treated the way that they should be treated, straight up, you know? And, and that's – I saw a story. This is kind of crossing over to football real quick. But Jerry Jones, one of the first owners when players started kneeling to say, we're not going to do that here in Dallas, has not said a word since the murder of George Floyd, right? Quiet. He hasn't got behind a camera. He hasn't said anything with his name under it. And it's like you've made and benefited millions and billions of dollars off of black athletes. Literally. Like, the least you could do is show some support, empathy, support towards the causes that are important to them. You um, said it better, Jerry man. Jerry Jones is a man empathy. that doesn't lie. So, yeah. huh, I don't even want to say that. I don't know that man. <laughs> but. <laughs> But he's supposed to be one of those guys that says what he feels, and if he's not saying anything, I guess it's because he doesn't feel that way. Yeah, that's, that's what you. That's the only thing you can take it as at this point. For sure, man. And I, you again, I think empathy was the key word there because the fact that these things can happen, and you have these people who, again, like you said, are profiting off black athletes from for 20, 30, 40 years, billionaires, you know, and they can't even come out as to say a, a, 
a word in support. They can't even empathize with these people. They can't even feel with them with something so cruel and foul is happening. That I think, and that's yeah. what the scary part about it at all is, is that these things are happening and people still feel the need to come out and say all lives matter or look at me or this doesn't have anything to do with me so I don't know how to feel about... Like, nah. Like, again, those are all parts of the bigger problem, you know, and I think awareness is the first, the first step to actually taking care of it, you know? Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. Back to the basketball. I think that it's going to play a big part in the future of the NBA. Like you said, the patches on the court. Just overall, I feel like things are going to start shifting away from the owners in the league and more towards the players, which they have in recent years. But I think we're going to see that fully start to happen with things like this movement, um, college players being paid. I think soon it's going to really be what it's supposed to be about, which is about the players, you know? Yeah, and that's not going to be the only change, man. We're talking about games without fans. Ooh. Players playing after months off. Coaches not in suits anymore. They're going to be in T-shirts and shorts, bro. What do you expect this quality of basketball to be like? How much rust are you expecting to see out there, man? Man, it's going to be interesting. You said refs? Rust. How much oh, rust oh, oh, are you oh. expecting to see? Like, man, you seeing air balls out here? Like, no, 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 no. At the end of the day, turnover games. Ooh. <laughs> First off, those two things would be interesting to see. I would like to think, you know, these guys are professionals. So at any point, they wouldn't be chucking up air balls. And but nonetheless, I think there's going to be a very large amount of rust. I think it's going to be a very different situation. The games are going to be quiet. All of those things, like adrenaline, energy, momentum that a crowd gives two players is not going to be there so i mean we'll see i think it's going to be interesting i mean i think that players are going to be going at it because you get that gym almost street like feel to it no fans just us in the gym i mean and refs and coaches that's about it you know so i think we're going to see like a real tough gritty style of basketball with a lot of emotion you know it's going to be different especially when the playoffs start oh that emotion is going to be there oh for I mean, sure this is a boss move. I don't know if you saw this or not, but NBA is planning on using 2K crowd noise, right? Stop. So one thing 2K has done when they made their games is they take microphones and they go to every arena and they capture what it sounds like. No so way. So they have all the sounds from a Milwaukee Bucks game, the sounds the arena makes when a three-pointer is made, and they could put all of that on the broadcast when we're watching these games. Wow. So that could be cool. I, I mean... It might, it might be better experience than you think watching this from home. Most definitely. And, I mean, I was going to make a point if they hadn't done that. So, it would be interesting because now you'll actually be able to hear what the players are saying to each other. If they're talking smack, you know, that's, mm -hmm. that's a different angle of it. So, either way, it's a win-win, I think. Um, yeah, sure. It's not Bro, gonna... if they put those mics too close, it's going to sound like a Bobby Schmurder song on the radio. <laughs> you ain't going to hear nothing. Bro, facts. <laughs> it's just going to be, uh, uh, like, maybe cussing, maybe screaming, maybe just, like, rustling. You know what I mean? So, that should be interesting, man. I think it'll be, it'll be fun to see. It'll be fun to see for sure. So moving on, bro, we got some things to watch, some things we looking out for with this new season. Not even a new season. What should I call this? Post-lockout season? I don't know. Well, restarted season? Either way. Rejuvenated, restarted back and season. better. <laughs> okay. Okay, I like that. Insane. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so one thing, one thing we're looking for, down in Houston, but actually in Orlando, <laughs> what can arrested James Harden and Russell Westbrook do in the playoffs? Ooh. Oof. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it's very much in James Harden's training regimen 
regime <laughs> to hit the strip club and get drunk every single night. Uh, <laughs> so I really don't know if this benefits him, bro. No, 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 no. I'm just kidding. But on a, on a serious note, Russell Westbrook is one of the hardest working players in the NBA. That's something we got to give him. on During the season, off season, during the games, this guy is going at 100% all the time. James Harden yeah. isn't no, no, no slacker either. You know what I mean? He be putting in that work still. So... I don't know. I can easily see James Harden putting up 35, Russell putting up 25, 30. I wouldn't be surprised if they averaged 60. No. And check this out. Houston Rockets are the only team with two MVPs on the roster. Right? You've got to think the potential is unlimited. That's a good point that you bring up, man. I mean, these guys, again, most valuable players in the entire NBA, having two of them on your team, that's not something that you see often. These are guys who can that's change firepower. the court. Bro, that is that is firepower, and that's why I really have to retract what I was saying earlier. The Rockets, they got star power. It's just, unfortunately, everyone else. That's that's their problem. You it know? is. And that's, this is the crazy part. Look at this. You just said you could see a scenario where they average 60 points combined. Easy. I could see a scenario where they do that and still get slept. <laughs> Bro. Like, their defense is so bad. <laughs> They, they, ha- they are truly under the D'Antoni system of not winning games by playing defense, but winning games by outscoring your opponent. And, I mean, if they got some help, they're doing a pretty good job at it. I mean, realistically, if you put up 120 points a night, no one can really beat you. And if James Harden and Russell are putting up 60 together, they can't expect eight guys to put up 60 points. I think that's fair, you know? <laughs> they need to go sign to Kimbe. <laughs> get some rim protection, bro. They need something, man. I mean, shoot, do they sign? Do they try and steal Jr. You know, do you think Jr. can be that guy? No, I'm capping because he's about to sign with the Lakers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I don't know. I yeah, I don't know what they. That. Yeah, that's gonna be fun. I I can't wait for LeBron to cuss out Jr. again when he does something dumb. <laughs> it's gonna be hilarious. But I don't know. I don't want to sell him out so quick. I feel like Jr. Fi- learned from his mistakes. He doesn't have the same value he once did. So I think he's going to really relish this opportunity, especially want to win a championship. Real quick, real quick Go on ahead. JR. No, that's that's facts. On JR, over under nine points, he averages. Oof. I mean, on that team, and, and again, he's replacing Avery Bradley, um, two different types of players. Avery Bradley still will put up, a, I want to say he was putting up at least 10 or 15 points a game. Now, he did have weight. He was averaging like six. Oh, I'm bugging. All right. <laughs> Had a lot of injuries. He was only playing like 20 minutes a game. I 15, think, 20 minutes. I think that's what it is. And, I mean, he really is more of a defensive stalwart. But, I mean, given JR 15, 20, 20 minutes a game, I can see him. He gets hot. Yeah. I can see JR scoring 10 points in a matter of like three possessions, four possessions. You know, four, I mean, not three. But, like, maybe five possessions I could see him like literally in a three, four, five-minute, like, like time period, you know. So I think so over under nine plus nine, baby, <laughs> plus nine over, over nine. nine over okay. nine. I think I could see him do it. I mean, again, it's got to be a perfect storm. But Jr.'s been working, man, and his game fits perfectly in today's NBA. On top of that, it fits perfectly with the Lakers. They need shooters. That's facts. LeBron's always gonna find them. AD's gonna be getting doubled. Word. Next thing to watch. Which overachieving team has a better chance of making the postseason run? Pacers or Thunder? Ooh, that's an interesting one because you got two different types of dynamics. In a sense, you have a Pacers team where they have their veterans, they have their players, but they don't quite have a star. I would say they overall have just like a very above average overall team. Now, where the Thunder, they have a star, a veteran, someone who can literally change the scope of a game. 
with players who fit perfectly in a system and stay in their role. So I think that's a very, very interesting matchup. Now, my question to you is, is the Eastern Conference playing the Eastern Conference and the West playing <laughs> yeah. the West? Okay, so that, that... That makes it a little easier. That makes it easier <laughs> for them. So I, I would have to say, that in that case, the Pacers. But, I mean, if the roles were reversed, obviously the Thunder... like, Or even if the Thunder was in the Eastern Conference head-to-head, I'd give it to the Thunder. Like, they are a better team. It's just the West is that much stacked, you know? So, look, this Pacers-Thunders thing is interesting, man. Pacers, we got Victor Oladipo. He's kind of been slept on because he was hurt, like, most of the season. I just slept on him. He's a star. My bad. I slept (laughs) on him high-key. Yeah, bro, it's easy to forget. He played, like, 15 games, so it's not much. But who knows what he's going to come back looking like. You know what I mean? He was at an all-star level, high potential. He could push these Pacers team far, maybe even into the Eastern Conference Finals. Bro, that's a fact. When we go to the other side, and we're talking about the Thunder, another overachieving team, we know what Chris Paul is good for. We know Shea is budding star, bro. Star in the making. I really high on this guy. Steven Adams, anchor in the middle. They could make some noise. They could scare the Lakers. They can't beat them. They could scare the Clippers. They can't beat them. And that's why I'm going to have to go with the Pacers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's interesting that you said that. I mean, we, we agreed. We agreed on this point. I mean, I, I, again, slept on Depot, but I would have to give it to him. Definitely in, in the matchup, in the circumstances given – just the Pacers have a better shot of doing something, whereas the Thunder, they're kind of whoever they play. It's essentially just their their destiny's already there for them. You know, they're essentially doomed. Yeah. They'll put up a fight, though. But I, 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 I'm glad that you mentioned Shea because uh, he really he really was the corner piece in that trade. I think that if the Thunder didn't get him and if they just got Chris Paul, I think they would have lost for sure. But getting... Shay, I mean, that sets them up with a guy who I think has the real potential to be a star in the next five, ten years. Bro, Shea will be good for at least one 30-point game at per least. playoff round. Like, he, he's really about it. He's a bucket. Can't wait to see what he does, you know, but definitely give the Pacers the notch in this one. The Knicks, man. And they're, they're always in the headlines for something interesting, something out of... Out of the blue. I mean, I really don't know what's going on with this franchise. No disrespect. I know you're a big Knicks fan. But point to say all of those things is to say this. Alonzo Trier, one of the brighter stars on the Knicks roster, in my opinion. Someone who didn't get that much stain under the last coach, under Fisdale. But I think he had the real opportunity to be a star in this league. Has just been cut from the Knicks, bro. What is going on there? Here we go again. <laughs> Can't y'all just, like, do nothing? <laughs> no one's even signing players right now. <laughs> and the Knicks go ahead and cut somebody. Ugh. Like, this this is such a Knicks move. Alonzo Trier, one of the best rookie seasons two years ago in the league. Yeah. Cut. For Theo Pinson? Bro, who is Theo Pinson? <laughs> <laughs> like, please, like, seriously, tell me. I watch as much basketball as anyone. I don't know who Theo Pinson is, bro. I don't know who he is. I have no clue who he is. <laughs> and he's on your squad. He's on the Nets. Damn. Bro, I, when I saw this, <clears throat> it wasn't Chris Stapp's trade angry, but it was up there, bro. Like, I, I was so upset. I don't understand, man. We just got a new president, Leon Rose. We got a new, I don't know. They're hiring people out the wazoo. Yeah. And it looks like the same Knicks, man. I don't know. They just fill us with this crap. Oh, the Knicks are such a good franchise. We deserve a winner. They just held a press conference two days ago. Then they come out with this. 
Oh man, it's it's shameful, man. It's shameful, bro. I'm just thinking like the Porzingis trade was the stupidest thing they could have ever done. And I feel like whoever's in the front office now should realize that you can't make that same mistake twice. And not to say that Trier again, not that mad, but like do nothing. You don't need to do things. Just do nothing for a little while. Just see what happens. Right? Like if you turn your head close one eye and look at this move sideways you can kind of see how it makes sense like all right rj barrett is a rising star right he had a great year you think he's going to be the future at the shooting guard position For they sure. tried trier at the point guard that didn't work bro he's a score force his name is iso Zolt. like yeah. he's not a passer i could understand all right rj barrett's our guy we need to move off for trier but more than filling positions you need talent bro the knicks suck like why are you trading talent that's facts <laughs> why are you cutting talent you're not even trading him like losing him for nothing theo pinson and that wraps it up for another episode of hoop plug as always thank you guys for rocking with us don't forget to subscribe on apple Podcasts. follow us on instagram at hoop underscore plug underscore follow us on twitter at the real hoop plug you already know anything you gotta say my boy ty uh not much just thank y'all for rocking with us it's been a dope episode good to get behind these mics and get behind wax for y'all yeah, yeah, let them know where to put Ooh, that flavor, kids on, kids put some flavor kids on, kids yeah. on.